Charting Toward Intimacy covers mature topics. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, welcome to Charting Toward Intimacy, where we're expanding the natural family planning conversation. I'm your host, Ellen Holloway. In this episode, I am joined by Molly Daly, and we are discussing how natural family planning fits into the pro-life movement. There are some differences within the pro-life community on the understanding of contraception, and in a basic sense, that's what we're discussing today. We also touch at the end on bringing natural family planning and fertility awareness-based method teaching into pregnancy centers. Let's get started. All right. We are welcoming Molly Daly to the podcast. Molly, welcome. Thank you so much. Could you start by just giving us a little introduction to yourself? Absolutely. I have the privilege of being the wife of a wonderful guy named Nick and the mother to a delightful little girl named Marie. She's about six months, well, actually almost seven months now. Oh man. Yay. (laughs) Um, And then in the rest of the things that I do, I guess I I'm a client advocate at a pregnancy resource center, and I teach the Teen Star program, which is a fertility uh, literacy and holistic sexuality program for students in middle school, high school, and college. And I also serve on the board for that organization. I am in the Theology of the Body Institute certification program, and I'm a trained fact speaker. Um, And then I also am working on creating my own organization called Body Language that's basically serves as a platform for my speaking and writing about natural family planning and fertility awareness. And my friend Lauren and I are also working on creating some tangible products to help introduce people to the concept of fertility charting and natural family planning. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, because that's that's definitely something that doesn't really exist in the NFP world right now. It's like tangible, you know, products, tangible um, things to help people like learn. And yeah, that's awesome. That's- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's jump into our topic a little bit. So we are discussing how natural family planning is connected to the pro-life movement. Um, so I just want to start out with how, Molly, how would you describe the connection between NFP and the pro-life movement? I would say that the heart of the pro-life movement is protecting and celebrating the dignity of every human life. And natural family planning is a concrete and very powerful way to both protect and celebrate each human life. So I guess (laughs) protect and celebrate, that can be the way we That's awesome. Okay. So let's start with protect that. How, what are some ways that NFP helps us protect that um, human dignity? One of the most important goals of the pro-life movement is to make abortion unthinkable. And I would go out on a limb and say that as long as we're thinking about contraception, we will be thinking about abortion. And so if we're going to make abortion unthinkable, we have to make contraception unthinkable. And NFP is obviously the, uh, is that, is the way to, to make contraception unthinkable. Okay. So let's dive in a little deeper too, because I think that's somewhere where uh, there is confusion. Why in using contraception, does that 
make abortion thinkable if we're reversing what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's true. Connecting contraception to abortion is a very new concept for most people, including many people who have a beautiful reverence for life and Mm -hmm. many passionately um, passionate pro-life advocates might not have made that connection yet. So in that vein, I I was absolutely someone who fell in that camp. And I think it's important that we introduce this topic in a very gentle way because it can be overwhelming and sometimes even a little bit um, difficult for people to, to think about. So absolutely. But once we dig deeper as we're going to do, I think we'll discover that contraception. A lot of times people think contraception is part of the solution, right? If Mm we contraception, it will reduce abortion. But after a little bit of very painful, sometimes painful digging, we realize contraception actually is part of the problem, not part of the solution. Right. I think I've, I've seen that in many, many places uh, where people really promote the pill or an IUD um, saying that it reduces the abortion rate. Um, And as we're going to jump in right now, like that is not true. <laughs> right. So I think there's two ways that there's two ways that contraception increases abortion. One is more concrete and one is more abstract. So the concrete way, as you know, is that many forms of contraception actually cause abortion. So there, the right. abortion, as you talked about on this podcast before, and we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, but I think just what I would add to that conversation or continue that conversation, because I know y'all have talked about it, is how tenderly we must share this news with people because so many people don't realize that contraception, many forms of contraception are abortive patients. Um, right. Well, and something we are going to jump into in like some future episodes is just the understanding that like most people, when they start using the pill, don't know what it is. Um, and we are, we're going to do some episodes where we really jump into what exactly the pill is and different, uh, forms of particularly hormonal artificial birth control. Um, and so part of that just comes into a lack of understanding and that's okay. If you don't know, here's your opportunity to learn. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So many of the ways hormonal birth control is allegedly, um, prevents pregnancy is more accurately understood as the termination of a pregnancy that already exists. Mm -hmm. And basically what that means is sometimes when people take hormonal birth control, they still get pregnant, but then the contraceptive they're using purposefully prevents that uterine lining from being able to care for the new baby and the new baby dies. Um, And like you said, many people don't realize this is one of the ways that hormonal contraception functions. Mm -hmm. So, we just have to remember that because it's very painful for some people to, to realize that that's what's happening with what they've been prescribed because it's never advertised that way. And nope. people even say this isn't, I was watching a commercial the other day for one kind of uh, birth control. And they said, Oh man, birth- don't get me started on commercials about birth control. But- <laughs> well, one of the ways it works is prevents fertilization, but sometimes there is still fertilization and it has backup methods for how it will also work should fertilization occur. Um, I guess this, the more abstract way, this 
is perhaps an even more interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about today would be that abstract way that contraception is connected to abortion. And that would be the fact that all forms of contraception, so not just hormonal types, but in, but even other types like condoms and other barrier methods, mm-hmm. at the most basic level, those forms of contraception, the purpose of them is to allow men and women to have sex without getting pregnant. And as so many people before me have said, right, it's we've separated sex from babies. And the separation is so ingrained in our cultural psyche that pregnancy confuses us sometimes. So contraception has made that separation. And then in our brains, we literally forget that sex (laughs) results in babies. And then when people get pregnant, sometimes, as we know, pregnancy still occurs when people use contraception. Right. Well, and you know what's funny? Oh, I was just going to jump in and say like, what's funny is a lot of times when there is an unintended pregnancy, it's because the woman messed up because she didn't do the right thing. And it's like, no, you got pregnant because you had sex. That's really why. (laughs) Because It's not as much as we wish it were in our culture. And as much as we say it is, it's still not a hundred percent effective. So yes, many times people have become pregnant because they didn't use their contraception correctly, but sometimes they do use the contraception correctly and still get pregnant. And then when they're sitting in my office and they say, I don't know how this happened when I confirm their pregnancy, right? I don't know how this happened. So oftentimes I respond with a gentle joke about, oh, well, (laughs) fifth grade science, but really, but really, I also reassure them that it makes sense that they are confused because our, their whole lives, we've told them, if, you're, if you do the, quote, responsible thing, if you use contraception, you won't get pregnant. And so they, they truly believe that. And then they end up pregnant and it's shocking to them and it was unintended and they don't know what to do. And so, of course, abortion is going to be on the table as something they know is available to them. And many people I've learned over the years working at the pregnancy center, many people, they just, the fact that abortion is available makes, means that they'll consider it. Um, Right. Yeah. Even if that's not something that they thought that they would ever consider just because the fact that they're so confused and so shocked that people say, oh, well, what are you going to do? Um, Right. Well, and I think that's part of the problem too, is even that question, what are you going to do? Uh, We could really jump in over there, but (laughs) it's like even opening up the option that uh, abortion is there. So if we're going to take a step back and just um, kind of put together what we have said is because society keeps telling us that, um, sex does not equal babies and that the pleasure of sex does not have to be connected with the procreative part of sex. Therefore, you are not obliged to keep a pregnancy if you have sex. You don't have to. That's what the our society tells us. And so therefore, 
um, because we've separated those two and because say a young woman who is unexpectedly pregnant is very confused that she's pregnant, um, because she doesn't understand the connection that, uh, the unitive and procreative part of sex have, um, then that leaves abortion on the table because she doesn't think she has to have this baby because she just had sex. She didn't like want to have a baby. Therefore I don't have to have a baby. I think it's important to add, to add the the man into that conversation. Sure. Too. <laughs> so we're talking so much about women, but obviously as we know, men are involved in this question. And so um, that's just the one caveat I would make is that it's, and the man and the woman, right? Both of them. And because, right, (laughs) how often do we tell our boys, like, (laughs) don't get her pregnant, as opposed to don't have sex. Those are different things, right? We think of prevention of pregnancy as opposed, and we think of, as opposed to openness to life, or even just, well, that is a consequence of the action. So how do we want to consider um, the behavior in the first place? Right. When we teach kids how to put condoms on in high school and we march our 13 year old girl into the doctor's office to give her a prescription for birth control, um, that, that is exactly what is separating the understanding of, you know, sex makes babies. It really does. That is literally the point of it. Um, and so, yeah, that separation, it's, it's twofold. It's on the woman's side and the man's side. Um, well, exactly. And also this, just to kind of take it one step further, this cultural assumption that we've made is also kind of, we've formed it into a right to contraception. So mm. we believe that we have a right to have contras to use contraception. And that's reflected in the laws of our country, right? So right. um in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that's a Supreme Court case that vastly expanded abortion access. And one of the ways that it justified the the courts justified this opinion is by saying people have been now making their choices based on the assumption that abortion is available to them based Mm. on the assumption that contraception is available to them. And so should contraception fail, they need to have something else to do because we assume this right to contraception. What happens when it fails? If you have a right to have sex and not get pregnant, what happens when you do? Right. Then you feel like you have a right to abort that pregnancy. Right. The, the idea that you have a right to have sex and not get pregnant. Exactly. What happens when you do, if you have a right, right. What is a right? That's a whole nother. (laughs) We could talk about for sure. What is, what is a right and how is it protected and what do you do when it's violated? Exactly. So let's go then to the other side. You know, we've, we've discussed, the contraception like ad nauseum. So when you're looking at actually using natural family planning, how then is the understanding of the procreative and unitive parts of sex different when you're, when you're not contracepting, when you're using natural family planning to plan out a pregnancy? So 
to plan a pregnancy or avoid a pregnancy. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little caveat for this. So I think this really speaks to that piece I was talking about earlier of the celebration of human dignity because Mm. natural family planning is a tool that couples can use. It's a lifestyle they can live to, to respect the full person in the, of their spouse. So when a couple uses natural family planning, they're respecting and accepting the full personhood of, of the other, and they're offering their own full personhood. And so when you accept and, and celebrate every aspect of who the human person is, then you're celebrating who you're celebrating who they are and welcoming whatever should happen. And so um, it helps us see a fuller vision of the human person, which Ooh, is a that's key. <laughs> um, and it, it's beautiful. It's such a, such a beautiful way to, to love and to go deeper into who we are um, into our identity. Exactly. That full vision of the human person. I, I love that. I know, I know you not, you are not the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but exactly like the, the thing I was thinking of, which I think is the hardest thing to accept when you're contracepting is that, um, fertility is a part of your full human vision. Um, and both the male and female fertility. We know that men are always fertile um, and women are only sometimes fertile. And when you're contracepting, you're saying, I love every single part of you except your fertility. And when you're using natural family planning, you're saying, I love every single part of you. And right now it's not a good time to have a child. And so we're going to try to avoid, Um, or maybe right now it's a great time to have a child and we're really going to try to (laughs) have one, um, whatever, you know, whatever side you're on there, uh, at the time. And so you're, you're accepting all parts and understanding that, um, babies are a part of sex. Like, I don't know how many times I'm going to say that probably <laughs> I would like a shirt that say babies are a part of sex. Like, <laughs> that's really funny. yeah, I think so it's the opposite of contraception in that contraception says we need to fight our bodies mm. we need to change how our bodies work and and fight against them whereas nfp says this is who i am and because this is who i am and this is who you are how do we want how do we want to to live our lives as opposed to contraception which says i wish my body worked differently so then i could do this something xyz and then when you do xyz and your body didn't act the way you thought it would. You keep fighting it, keep fighting it. And that's how we end up where we are. Exactly. Well, I had a friend of mine, uh, when I was explaining, she had never heard of natural family planning before. And so I was explaining fertility awareness and charting and, and just the, the cycle of fertility. And she just stopped me halfway and was like, okay, So like using birth control is like talking to your body and telling your body what to do and using natural family planning is just listening to your body and like following what your body wants to do. And I was like, wow, that's brilliant insight for someone who has heard of natural family planning for all of 10 minutes now. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is brilliant and it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. 
this is how our body works. And everybody can intuit that because it's how their body works. And so that's one of the main reasons why anytime someone hears about natural family planning, they think, why didn't I hear about this before? This is interesting. How come I didn't know this? Because it resonates deeply within them because it's just a description of who they are and how their body works. And so it's not this foreign, even though it is something they may have never heard before, when they do hear it, it's not that foreign of a concept because it's just respecting who they are. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Like we are created good. We are so, so good. We forget that. I think on a very basic level, contraception says your body is wrong, created incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, you're good. Your body is correct. Let's, let's live our lives, learning how our bodies work and making our own decisions. I think one of the most tragic things about the conversation in our society surrounding birth control is this concept of it being promoted as having control and of, over your body and mm-hmm. having more information about your body and making responsible choices where actually it's a very twisted idea of how the human body works. Whereas NFP is a beautiful celebration of the human body and you actually have to learn how your body works and then you can still make choices. So it's not, oh, you're succumbed to whatever happens. No, you still have agency. You still make decisions about your family. You still make decisions about whether or not this is a good time for you to have a child that response concept of responsible parenthood isn't limited only to contraception. It was just a brilliant marketing way of promoting contraception Mm -hmm. as define that as the responsible way to plan your family. Then anything else seems irresponsible when the, the truth couldn't be further from that. Right. 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 You still have agency and, in fact, more agency, because you actually know how your body works, as opposed to going off blindly into the world, not realizing what the medicine you're taking is doing to, to a very dangerous extent. Exactly. Well, and you know, you were saying something about like, when, when people learn about fertility awareness and natural family planning for the first time, they're like, why didn't I know about this sooner? And I had this, like this thought of, you know, it it makes so much sense once we learn about it, particularly from the woman's side, it makes so much sense when we learn, okay. Um, you know, we have these different hormones that cycle through and that's why I feel different throughout the month and why, like I have this time when I have tons of energy and I'm super creative. And then I have this time when all I want to do is curl up in bed, like me yesterday, literally. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I, I, I likened that in my head to like, if someone was blind from birth and then you explain to them their hands and feet and how they work and what they look like, they would be, they would say, wow, that makes so much sense because they exist already. Maybe they've never seen their hands and feet before, but they, it makes perfect sense that they have these hands and feet and that they can use and control these hands and feet um, because they've always had it in their body or on their body, attached to their body, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if that's the best, like, <laughs> example. Well, it's why we teach our students in Teen Star how to chart when they're young. 
So we don't teach children natural family planning. We're not giving them the tools <laughs> to avoid or achieve pregnancy, but we do teach them how to, to observe the different parts of their cycle, to learn how to, to describe what's happening to their bodies, the things that they're observing, because it helps them it helps them in their lives as 13 year olds, right? When they have a field hockey game the next day and they know that they're not going to feel well, they can focus on, okay, I need to make sure I go to bed earlier the night before I need to eat healthier and make sure I drink a lot of water before my game, because I'm not going to feel at the top of my game that day, or, Oh, I have a school project due next Wednesday. I feel terrible right now, but I know that I'm going to feel better in a couple of days. So I'm not going to go too hard on myself trying to get that project done early because I know I'm going to feel better next week and I'll still have time to do it before the deadline. So I'm going to, Oh my gosh. I would have loved to have this info when I was in college, like, and just understanding like, okay, yeah, sometimes you are not going to be able to pull that all nighter. And other times, like you're going to have so much energy and you're going to, you're again, not going to need to pull that old nighter because you finished your homework super early. Like <laughs> it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful way to live knowing more about who you are. And I think that's a direct, a direct thing, a, a direct connection to the pro-life movement, right? What is right. What is the pro-life movement really all yeah. about? celebrating each human life. And that means celebrating your life and making sure that you are living in the way that you're created to be your best self. And then you can obviously help others when, <laughs> when you're <doing laughs> better yourself too. So that's another abstract way, I guess, that natural family planning and fertility awareness helps us celebrate human life. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked a lot abstract, I think. So let's bring it down a little bit more practically. Uh, when you and I first talked, uh, you talked about how you brought the natural family planning and fertility awareness conversation into the pregnancy center where you volunteer. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. We found a few helpful ways to bring natural family planning into our pregnancy center And I think the few things we've done can help illustrate this conversation we've been having about protecting and celebrating human life. So it's mostly centered around education. And the first thing we had to do as a center is educate our staff and our volunteers. Mm -hmm. It was a very easy thing to do because the the beautiful women who work at the center where I uh, volunteer we're already on board with the concept of natural family planning. And so we just had to do a little bit of training on educating them about fertility science because these are incredible women who are so skilled at speaking with women in difficult, uncomfortable, um, very private situations about very intimate topics, but they didn't necessarily feel comfortable talking about fertility science. Sure. And so just giving them the background to talk about fertility science with their clients. And so I would always say that's the place to begin is working with your volunteers. Um, And also helping train them to, to look for and identify the opportune moments to begin to introduce this subject with the client that you're working with. So 
whether it's a client who had a negative test and they need to learn more about how their body works and they're, you know, sure. in that beautiful moment of, I don't want to be sitting in this office again. <laughs> <laughs> also scared that I'm pregnant. I want to live my life a different way. Or you're working with someone who is, has been experiencing terrible side effects of contraception. And that's one of the reasons they thought they were pregnant perhaps because they had been feeling so terribly. And so you can begin to say, well, you know, I also see that you told me you were, you have an IUD. Sometimes the symptoms you've been describing might be side effects of that medication. Would you like to learn more about, about that? What, how, what, what do you know about what you're using or what you have inserted inside you? And so there's just different, many different ways, avenues to bring up the topic. And it's so, so it's actually quite easy to do without having to bring it up yourself because the client will always bring up something in the conversation that you can connect to fertility science. I, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Like I, so I also work in, in a similar center, um, at, as a, an employee, um, and I work on the non-programmatic side. So I do fundraising events, things like that. So I don't actually sit down with clients. Um, however, just in my personal life, um, it's so easy to bring up fertility awareness and natural family planning just Mm -hmm. in like any conversation. And I feel like that, like it has taken over my life because I, I'm honestly looking for opportunities to bring it up and tell people about it because I like it so much. And also I have a podcast about it. So, you know, might as well tell people about my podcast, (laughs) but I, I wanted to touch on what you're saying is there are so many opportunities, you know, some of our listeners might, might volunteer in a similar center, in a pregnancy center or similar, um, and, be wanting to bring this, uh, to their center. Others are listening, going, I didn't even know pregnancy centers existed. Um, that was the camp I was in before I actually started working at the center I'm working at, but, um, understanding that there are so many different avenues to bring up this conversation and bring it up in uh, tender, loving, caring ways, not in, you know, you're doing something wrong here ways. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly why it fits so well, apart from the obvious of the fact that it's pregnant. <laughs> but because when people have these conversations and have these curiosities and right. They came to the pregnancy center because they either thought they were pregnant because they want to get pregnant or because they just need, they haven't felt well in Mm -hmm. their health. And so it's, we have this beautiful treasure to offer them, to tell them about, as opposed to, oh, they came to the center. They weren't pregnant. They went home. Oh, they came to the center. They were pregnant. We helped accompany them through their pregnancy it's this much further way that we can accompany people to help them take the conversation to the next level. Oh, you weren't pregnant. Instead of walking out the door, let me, (laughs) let me help give you a little bit more, some more tools. So you're not in my office again in a couple months or, Oh, and that does not mean (laughs) that we necessarily teach everybody NFP per se, right. With, are that's the beautiful thing about fertility awareness 
with our married clients, right? We can offer them more formal NFP education, sure. but then with our unmarried clients, we can stay true to our, our identity as a center where we don't believe that people who, who are in a relationship or in a, in a marriage context should be having sex because, oh, right. Sex makes baby. <laughs> uh, we can still offer them this beautiful truth of how their bodies work. And that doesn't just mean, oh, now you know how to not get pregnant. It means this is who you are. And then they can begin to explore that concept. And that naturally leads to, well, maybe I don't want to be having sex in the first place because I've learned more about who I am. And that's, again, kind of more what I do with students in the Team Star program. Um, it's an incredible journey. I was working with a couple high school girls in the pregnancy center and I was teaching them kind of in a team star way, but talking to them about their bodies and about fertility charting. And I offered the, just, I was telling them a little bit about NFP and that I use it in my life with my husband. And one of the girls said, whoa, he must really love you. And it stopped me in my tracks because they, they intuited, right? Love from just knowing, oh, my husband and I know my cycle. And we use that information to make decisions about our family. And that a high schooler equated that to love when we hadn't even been talking about love in the first place. Yeah. Just illustrates it illustrates the power and the truth of, of what it means to, to live the way you're created. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's, that's just beautiful. I'm going to sit with that for the rest of the day. Like <laughs> it was so humbling. I was like, yeah, he does love me. Wow. Like it made me just so grateful for him all over again. Um, you know, just in a average normal day of oh, yeah. right. this relationship I have is such a gift and <laughs> I went home and gave him a hug. Oh man. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, and I, I think I've said this before on the podcast too, it's just such a disservice to our women, our young women, our girls, that it is not part of basic sex education that they understand their cycle of fertility. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's such a disservice to our society even and then to the men that they're in relationships with and eventually marry one day right the another thing another very concrete way that we were able to bring this topic to our pregnancy center is focusing more on identifying the different providers in the area local doctors Mm -hmm. nfp teachers nurses who are aware of nfp and when you go see them help support you in this lifestyle and having that list for our clients. So when we refer our clients to OBGYNs, we make sure we refer them to ones who, who have the same values we have and who are pro-life OBGYNs who um, don't prescribe contraceptives or who know how to read a chart. And similarly with providers, right? We have that list for people. So when they come to our center, we can help direct them and connect them to, to other people who perhaps know even more than we do about, about the subject and can help them in other facets of their life. That's beautiful. And what if, what a fantastic resource to have. I wish I could have that for the Bay area. It's, uh, 
it's slim pickings over here. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a few good ones out there. Yes. Uh, but with how, uh, how big the Bay area is and how populous it is, it's surprising we don't have more. And if you're listening right now and you are a pro-life OBGYN, uh, please reach out to me. I would love to have a new doctor. <laughs> Um, (laughs) no, I, what I wanted to say was like, what a beautiful resource to have. Even, um, think about having that in your parish. Imagine if you could have a beautiful list of it, just like pro-life, um, or even, um, you know, specifically NAPRO doctors, um, Mm -hmm. that you could, uh, pass around to interested parishioners, um, and that, you know, that even like parish priests would be able to say, oh, you know what? You should go talk to um, XYZ, Dr. You know, so-and-so. Um, in, in addition to, we've talked about having a list of like NFP practitioners and teachers in your area uh, for your parish, but like also a list of the doctors would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I want to, I want to make that. Although I really think the list would be pretty small. Um <laughs> Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think this is a great place for us to close out this episode. Was there anything else that you wanted to add, Molly? Hmm. I don't think so. There's you know so much we could talk about, but I agree. I think this is I know. I I think we could keep going. Um, but maybe we'll just have to bring you on for another episode and <laughs> we'll yeah. talk more. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Molly. This was such a pleasure. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you did too. (laughs) I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed Molly and I's conversation. If you have more ideas or thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, hit us up on Instagram at charting toward intimacy. We'd love to hear from you. I also have an exciting announcement. If you are listening to this episode when it comes out, then you know that Advent is starting next Sunday. Normally, we release episodes every other week, but for the entire uh, four weeks of Advent leading up to Christmas, we are going to have an episode every week, and we're going to be talking about how NFP is related to each of the themes of the weeks of Advent, so hope, peace, joy, and love, and how Natural family planning is connected to that. So look forward next week to our first installment, which is NFP Brings Hope.